bad movies, bad life advice, and even worse life decisions. We cover it all here on the Life with Kenny podcast. I'm your host, Kenny. Grab a beer, sit back, and relax for this week's episode, because things are about to get weird. What's an all-American girl like you doing with a geek like this? Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Fuck me gently with the chainsaw. Jimmy was off the hook. I know you really don't listen to Slipknot. Does You are listening to a Life with Kenny podcast. Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Life with Kenny podcast. Uh, I guess the first episode of season two, I guess, is what I would call it. Um, And I am joined by a returning guest, one of my best friends, and uh, hopefully reoccurring co-host, Kyle. And and not the Kyle you guys are used to hearing. I'm not the brother Kyle. I'm the other brother Kyle. (laughs) The other brother Kyle. Kyle, thanks for thanks for coming and doing this with me. Absolutely, I'm excited. Uh, so, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you'd know the past couple of weeks uh, there hasn't been any uh, posting. That's mostly just because of the summertime and stuff like that. But also, like, I, I guess I don't know if I have an actual co-host anymore. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just playing with the idea of like reaching out and having. Anybody who wants to come on, come on and do an episode with me. So if you're a listener or a friend or anybody who lives in the Saskatoon area and you're interested on um, recording an episode with me, just send me a message, send me some of your topic ideas, and I will do some research and we can record something together. Um, I've also messed with some Skyping and stuff like that, so we could even do a, a Skype episode if you're, if you're cool enough and have enough uh, interesting topics. But... I do have a co-host today, and uh, I'm actually kind of excited to talk about this stuff with you, Kyle. Me too. I'm really excited. So if you if you guys aren't familiar with Kyle, he was on, well, I, I'm air quoting when I say that. He was on the episode uh, Running Scared, which we did. And, and the only reason I'm saying air quotes is because, Kyle, you're a very quiet guy when there's a lot of other people talking. That's true. I like to listen, and then I make jokes in my head, so <laughs> that's fine. So uh, it's just going to be you and me today, so I'm hoping that you can pull out that sharp wit that I love you for, and uh, the listeners can get a taste of that. I didn't know my wit was tasty. Ooh, <laughs> what uh, flavor would it be? Uh, I don't know. What's the best kind of Kool-Aid? That, that white lemon Kool-Aid that they discontinued, that's like your, your, your flavor. Oh, yeah. It's like an acquired taste. Uh, so today, I wanted to talk about a, a few things, but uh, this summer, you and me have actually gone to see a lot of movies, and we haven't really been able to give anybody some updates on what we've been watching and stuff, but there's a couple movies that I, I wanted to talk about with you uh, in particular that people might be interested in hearing our thoughts on. Perfect. Uh, so real quick, um, I recently watched Kill Bill for the first time. How was that for you? Uh, so, if you're a listener of this show, you know that I started out the show looking for some awesome kung fu, martial arts, uh, ninja movies, and Kill Bill was always on the list of must-watches, and um, I think it's safe to say I'm not a Tarantino fan, Kyle. <laughs> oh, that's sad to hear. Uh, so, the, the reason I tried watching that movie was because... Uh, Tarantino had a movie come out recently called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 
And uh, I heard it was about the Manson family and old Hollywood. And I heard Jet Li was in it, or not Jet Li, Bruce Lee, Bruce. sorry, was in it. And uh, that was very racist of me to do that. Um, just kidding. Anyways, uh, so I wanted to watch Kill Bill and see if there was actually a Tarantino movie that I did like. And uh, on paper, I think I've told you this, on paper, it's the perfect movie for me. Uh, in practice, I just didn't click with it. And I thought maybe that was just a one-off with the Tarantino movies. There's got to be something out there that's more my speed. So I figured we'd go to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood anyways. And uh, how did you feel about that movie? Well, I it was the first movie I've seen in a long time that I didn't thoroughly enjoy. Really? Yes. That's. I don't know if I had the same, like reaction that i didn't enjoy it i think i left the theater not knowing how to feel about it yeah like i think i need to watch it like two or three more times just to process all the stuff that's going on at once to right. be able to appreciate it yeah there's a lot of information that they throw your way and if okay the one thing i can say about the movie we, we don't won't get into too many spoilers but any spoilers if you want to see the movie but that movie felt so fucking long to me and and i don't know if it's maybe because there was um, five to ten minute scenes of close-ups on women's feet. Oh, the feet thing is the best part. Like, honestly, I honestly thought I was going to throw up because I was, like, I was eating food in my seat. You looked so nauseous. <laughs> oh, man. There's one part where this girl just puts her feet up while they're driving somewhere. She takes her shoes off and puts her feet up on, like, the the windshields of the car and it's just like five minutes of them having a conversation of her just smudging her sweaty gross dirty feet all over the windshield and i i don't know if it's like an ocd thing or whatever but it was driving me fucking crazy i i almost had to like take a a, a break and leave i was like laughing about that scene because it just it sounds so ridiculous and like the camera's just like close up on her feet and the conversation's <laughs> happening in the background but it's just focused on her feet <laughs> like it's the most unnecessary shot and that's the type of thing that pops in my head when people are like oh you don't you just don't get tarantino his his filming is so beautiful he has some of the best shots ever but every time i think about that it's like okay there's like that scene in kill bill with like her, her, her chopping off everybody's arms and then right away it's like but what about that like four minute scene of her trying to wiggle her toes <laughs> it's like it's like always about the feet and uh, yeah, it just weirds me out a little bit. And maybe that's just because I don't have a fetish for it. And I think like feet can be gross because a lot of people like don't take care of their feet. And feet are probably cleaner than hands though. Let's be honest. I don't know, man. <laughs> with like the amount of like upkeep people do with their hands, they like wash their hands regularly. You probably you wash your that? feet once a day. Who do you know that washes their hands that regularly? <laughs> I fucking hope. I, I freaking hope everybody I know. Jesus Christ, that's gross. Oh, I know people. No way. Well, I've I've definitely seen people like take big massive shits in like Walmarts and then just like come out of the stall and leave. And I just re remember not to shake that person's hand or touch anything that they touch, but <laughs> yeah, I guess sometimes you don't know. Um but yeah, anyways, overall that movie, I still don't know how to feel about it. I'm not sure I liked it that much. Um I think mostly just because of so Tarantino does this thing where he likes to walk the line between uh, actual historical stuff and like re rewriting it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. 
And uh, I feel like his approach to rewriting this one kind of felt like a disservice to the people who um, lost their lives in real life. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because I tried following like the, the Mance's story so much and, and I, I like internalized how brutal that whole situation was that if it, it almost felt like somebody was like kind of capitalizing on it in a like a negative way. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense, but I get what you're saying, but like not a, not a lot of people know that much about the Manson murders. Right. So I think if you don't, then you don't really realize what he's changing. What sucks is like in the same breath, I did feel like a, a huge sense of like justice to watching it where I was like I wish this is how it played out. But <laughs> yeah, it it's 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 t- it was tough for me like leaving cuz I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, I've never really got the hype for them as actors that people always had, but watching that movie, I sort of started to get it. Like, I feel like Brad Pitt's character is so charming and just like so different than any other character I've seen him play personally that it like solidified his um, status as like a high tier actor for me. He's not just like that dude in like Mr. And Mrs. Smith to me anymore. Or, like the one-off fight club guy. Right. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts on that. I, th- I don't know. I think you should check it out if you're interested in that type of stuff, but. Anyways. Or even if you just like Tarantino films, like. Or wait. feet. <laughs> or feet. Fuck. Did you watch Kill Bill 1 and 2 or just. One? I haven't watched volume two yet. It's on my Netflix queue, but I haven't had the balls to like jump into it just because of how how like I I was almost offended after watching the first one and I don't know why it's almost like somebody it's okay so the equivalent of that for video game nerds is the equivalent of um No Man's Sky when it was released there's like all the hype behind it and what you were expecting and then when you actually like experience it for the first time it's just kind of like okay well it has the idea of what everybody's saying, but it's not exactly how I imagined it. And I think that was a huge letdown for me. And maybe that's my own, uh, my own like thing I put on it, my own expectations, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I watched Kill Bill a long time ago, so I like, I really enjoyed it at the time because it was just gory and I liked the fight scenes and stuff, but I revisited it like a year ago and found it a little bit more strange than I remember. So, like the fir- can, the first one or the second? The one? first one. First one. Yeah, there's parts of that movie that I was really excited for because it parts of it did feel like a throwback, like martial arts movie. It gave me a similar feeling I got to watching, um, like Drunken Master, which is an episode that we lost. But uh, movies like that um, that me and Patrick did watch together, uh, it was kind of cool experiencing like classic filmmaking vibes from a more modern film. But then there was also parts where it just took me right out of it. And I don't know, it, it felt a little too strange for me, I guess is the only way I, I can really so. put it. And like the one part just felt like a Linkin Park music video, like the animated part. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? Why would you like I, the backstory was cool. And it was really, like, a well-done animated part, but it almost felt like it could have been released separately, like, online as, like, a, a mini web webisode or something. Like mini prequel before it comes out in theaters or something. Or even, like, um, like, a special features thing for, like, the DVD commentary or something. Because, like, 
it felt like in place, but also almost like it was shoehorned in, if that makes sense. It's like a last minute idea. He's like, oh, wait, let's also do this. Right. And then uh, I guess like just with with knowing that there's a volume two, I wasn't as annoyed with it, but I feel like I, I'm surprised I haven't heard as many people being annoyed about how the movie ended because it ended with like overall, I think only two of like the seven fucking snake women or whatever ended up getting killed. So it's like, okay, so in the last movie, she's going to have to kill five of them or four of them, I guess, not including her. Oh yeah. And Bill. But I don't even know if she ever actually kills Bill. I don't think I've ever heard about that, but we'll we'll see. All right, no spoilers, guys. Don't <laughs> message him with the answer. <laughs> or do. Uh, if you want to watch Kill Bill Volume 2 with me, you can give me a message and uh, I'll do that. But uh, that's probably going to be on the back burner for a while. Uh, so the other movie that we went to is actually kind of the inspiration for this episode. Um, was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, Which, yeah. uh, how did you feel about that movie, Kyle? I loved that movie more than I thought I was going to, and I was, like, pretty excited to see it in the first place. Really? Yes. So, growing up, did you have much experience with, uh, like, the books themselves? Or uh, what, do you, what do you know about the books and the stories? So, the books I got into when I was in high school, actually. Okay. Uh, one of my teachers recommended it, and I checked it out and got relatively into them. See, I feel like... Everybody in our high school always has these cool stories about teachers recommending them good books. And then my high school English teacher was like recommending me like really shit, like feminist books. Uh, not, not that feminism shit, but like, I don't know if you had her as a... Mrs. Trulich. I already know who you're talking about. Yeah. There was like one book she made us read. It was like 250 pages about a, a, a farm girl who just masturbated in the field. Like that's literally the whole story. I read that story and I slept through that whole class. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, uh, it's like the most depressing thing when you hear people hyping up like Life of Pi and like how teachers recommended them scary stories and I was stuck reading all that bullshit. Uh, but yeah, sorry, back to your story. <laughs> oh no, um, so yeah, I got into them and when I saw they were doing a movie, I wasn't sure what to think about it, but the trailer looked good and I was like, well, I want to see it, so. Right, S so watching the trailer did you feel like you kind of got what you were hoping to get out of the images that you got from the book? Do you feel like it did it justice just based off of the trailer? Off of the trailer, I was still unsure. Okay. Um, I was like, well, if this is all they have for me, then it might not be good. But if they add some other things, then I was hopeful. Okay. Because when I saw the trailer, I was all in. Like the second I saw the Scarecrow, I was like, F fuck me up, Guillermo del Toro. Bring me those practical effects. Because I, I knew it was going to be just, like, such a, like, beautifully, like, creepy movie based off of the practical effects. I feel like not enough horror movies dive into that anymore. And I feel like that's where you get the most atmosphere and realistic um, scares from. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Which, after watching the movie, I feel like paid off. Oh, 100%. I even watched, actually, I watched a, a YouTube video, like, the next day about the, the making of and stuff, and there was even the jangly man okay, yeah. in that movie was an actual person. It was just a contortionist and stuff in a what costume, the and they just painted some more, like, shine and stuff onto him in post. That's all they did. It wasn't CGI at all. That I did not expect at all. Wow. Yeah, so there's very little CGI in that movie, which kind of blows me away. 
and effectively creepy. Like even for adults, man, it's it's not like a straight up horror movie. But I, I told you when we left the theater, it felt like the what I wanted from a Goosebumps movie. Oh, for sure. And like, it made me want to revisit like the illustrations and stuff from the book. So like, I went home and started looking them up again to see like how accurate it was. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And the best part is there's three books with like so many illustrations. They just have like enough ammo for probably 15 different movies if they really wanted. Oh, could you imagine? I don't know. I would love that, not going to lie. If it turned into like a franchise. All right. I think I'd get sick after movie three. Well, I, the, the main protagonist girl of the movie was a little bit of a rough choice for me. It definitely like, that's pretty much the only thing that kind of took me out of it. And the way the movie ended kind of annoyed me just because I don't really like connect with that girl as much. But uh, they did leave it open for a sequel. And I I am hoping that Guillermo del Toro is involved because, yeah, this this movie was beautiful. Anyways, so after watching that, I was thinking about, uh, like, nostalgic things, um, horror things from growing up and stuff. And I thought uh, of a couple things. Um, I was thinking maybe I could throw out some of these uh, old TV shows and things that I remember that kind of were gateway ideas for um, my love of like horror and stuff like that. And we can talk about some stuff like that. If you have any that you'd want to bring up. Yeah. And then, uh, also w- you and me have been playing with this idea of, uh, revisiting things that we enjoyed as kids, uh, particularly cartoons and TV shows. Yes. I get very excited every time we talk about <laughs> it. And, uh, I, I threw out the idea of like revisiting shows like street sharks Biker Mice from Mars. Uh, Biker Mice from Mars. And uh, even like Ninja Turtles or like Yu-Gi-Oh! Dragon Ball Z. But uh, one of the ones that I remembered most fondly was, and I don't know why I remembered it so fondly, was this TV show that was, I believe it was a Canadian TV show called Freaky Stories. Yeah. So Freaky Stories, if anybody's not familiar with, um, it aired on... YTV, which was a kids' channel in Canada, and we since we grew up in Canada, it's like pretty much the only kids' TV show that was or channel that was on like twenty four hours for kids. So it'd be, it would be on in my house from like six p.m. to whenever I went to bed. Right. So yeah, that's all I watched. Well, other than Teletoon, I think Teletoon became a big one as well. But um, YTV was definitely the biggest one growing up, and uh, they had a lot of shows like Freaky Stories. And uh, we'll talk about some of those shows in a second, but uh, I want to just tell you guys a little bit about Freaky Stories first, because Freaky Stories is such a weird concept for a kid's show. It it really doesn't make a lot of sense as a kid's show to me, and even revisiting it, I was like, I don't know why I... I watched this as a kid. Right. So um, what me and Kyle did is we, we found a couple episodes on YouTube of... Uh, freaky stories to rewatch and then we're going to talk about them here with you guys in a little bit let you guys know if it's worth checking out as adults if it's still as effective or if it's just like the most garbage fucking piece of shit that i feel like a lot of cartoons and shows that we watched as kids that we loved probably will be like i don't think biker mice from mars is going to hold up very well not at all if i'm being honest there's no way uh but 
uh, I was really excited to like experience this one again because I have fond memories of um, even when the millennium happened. Do you remember the scare of the Y2K? Y2K, absolutely. So I would have been nine. Yep. And I remember all the, the neighborhood parents were together across the street. The neighbors had rented like a hot tub and they were having a huge party across the street. And my, it was like the time where parents could leave their kids at home when they were like nine or 10, if they're like across the street, because, you know, it wasn't a super sketchy area back then. It was like pretty trustworthy and stuff. And uh, so I remember it was like New Year's Eve. My parents left me and my brother at home. And I wanted to stay up for Y2K because I, th- I was told it was going to be the end of the world. And I was a little annoyed that my parents were like, the world's ending. We're just going to go party with our friends and leave you guys at home. <laughs> so I was like at home, like trying to like calm myself down watching YTV, the only kids channel that we had at the time, which was playing Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Freaky Stories. So not the most soothing. This is a great setup for Y2K. (laughs) Not the most soothing, uh, calming things for a nine-year-old kid freaked out about Y2K. Uh, But I I definitely remember just already being scared and watching freaky stories and getting more scared. And then when I tried going to sleep, I just could not sleep because I was like, if the world doesn't end, then, uh, you know, the spiders are going to crawl out of my hair. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Which uh, (laughs) we'll talk about a little bit here, but... Uh, some of the other shows on YTV, though, do you remember many like horror-based things as as kids? Because I remember there being quite a few. There, there was some. Um, Tales from the Crypt Keeper was one of my favorite ones. Right, that was. I think it was a Teletoon one. It was um, Tales from the Crypt, but for kids. Yep. So it was it was animated and it, it was basically the same thing except a little PG rated, right? Yeah, like. I don't think it has had as many adult themes as what we just watched. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. in a bit too. But, yeah, uh, Tales from the Crypt Keeper was one. Yep. Uh, do you remember any other ones? I used to watch, like, Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark a lot. Those two were some of the biggest um, ho- gateway horror things for people our age, I think, because Goosebumps was just scary enough but some of those episodes, like the sloppy episodes, I think scarred some kids and scarred some people to like the point where they can't even watch horror movies to this day. One of the episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark gave me nightmares for like a week, and I couldn't tell you which episode it is because I blocked it out. Really? Yes. We should uh, we should get you into like hypnotism and see if we can unlock that so we can watch that episode. That would be a real good one to revisit. I don't want to... I like sleeping. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. I think they were both based off of children's books, much like scary stories. I believe so. Um, Obviously, the Goosebumps movie happened and that was a thing, but whatever. Um, I have a list here of a bunch of other ones that I remember. Let's let's see if you got some memories. So Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a big one. For sure, yep. I think every every guy our age had a crush on Sarah Michelle Gellar, even if they never watched the show, just even seeing her in the Scooby-Doo movie or whatever. Or just like everybody had a poster of her at one point. (laughs) And uh, yeah, she was like one of those, like, it, it was the same thing as like the Spice Girls, right? Everybody just... It, it hit everybody at the puberty time. So. Basically. Uh, Buffy was one that I've always wanted to revisit, but I tried watching a few episodes. 
And uh, it's that one might be a tough watch, but I think that might be one that we could revisit as well if we go through and pick like the lowest rated and the highest rated episodes to rewatch and then we can compare it at its worst and best and and see how that holds up because i think if we were to just consistently pick random episodes for everything we're not going to get like a good idea of how the show might have been yeah that's a good idea but um because every freaking show has such shitty seasons right if you were to go and watch supernatural now for the first time you wouldn't like it but if you start from the beginning you'd be like fucking supernatural is another one obviously yep um there was one that I was obsessed with. I don't know if you if you remember this show at all. And it was on Teletoon. I'm pretty sure it was produced just for Canadian TV. It was called Archie's Weird Mysteries. Oh, yeah. Do you I, remember that I show? I totally forgot about that. So Archie's Weird Mysteries was basically the Archie crew. So if, if you're a millennial or younger, uh, you know Riverdale's a real big thing now, and they're trying to be real spooky with things. Archie's Weird Mystery was the OG Riverdale, except with, like, less shitty drama. It was, like, a kid's cartoon show with Archie and the gang, except they'd... It was, like, Scooby-Doo as well, except all the monsters were real. <laughs> so you'd, you'd have the vibe of them, like, catching an alien, and, and you'd be prepared for them to pull off the mask, but instead the alien would turn around and vaporize Jughead, and then that would be the end of the episode. Like it it was like dark and scary. And I remember those were actually the first comic books I ever bought too, because I'd go to the store by my house and they had a section with comic books and all the comic books were Archie's weird mysteries. So I started collecting those weekly and I wished God I still had those somewhere because that was like a huge, like part of me, like falling in love with horror movies and, and, and storytelling of that sort. So that TV show is another one I remember. That's, did you did you watch that one at all? Like not very much. That so that's weird to me that you like that hit home for you so hard cuz I I didn't watch it very much at all cuz I saw a couple and they were okay. Yeah. But see, I feel like the weirdest thing for me was I I'd watched a lot of things everybody else watched that were spooky but they weren't like overly scary. So I I watched them but they never clicked with me, but I feel like the ones that were like almost too scary for kids, I registered with for some reason. Like the Archie one, like they literally just end an episode with one of the characters being killed and that's it. And it's a kid's show. Like that's pretty fucking dark for a kid's show where like Goosebumps, it's always like a pretty decent ending. Like sometimes it would be like, okay, the kid's eyes are glowing, but nobody's like dead. There's no like definitive thing like that that happens. Uh, There's a bunch that were unintentionally scary, like Animorphs. I loved Animorphs. Do you remember I, that? Yeah, I never found it scary, though. I really liked it. Uh, just some of the transformations were pretty fucking weird. And I, I know a lot of people that were freaked out by that show. Uh, especially when we were younger, kids always thought it was a scary show. And I had to tell them it was just like a teen drama. But it's like, <laughs> read the books, man. You know it's it's just about people anamorphing into animals. <laughs> I had a discussion with someone the other day that didn't know there were books to Animorphs. Really? I, apparently. All right, well, didn't the books come first? Absolutely, yeah. Because those were, okay, Animorphs and Goosebumps books were ones that everybody collected back then in elementary school. I had a stack of them, everybody. And, and, and you would, <laughs> I don't know if it happened at, 
like your elementary school because that all started before I went to school with you. But at the school I went to, it was this thing where you'd go to the library, you'd check out the books that you didn't have at home, and you just wouldn't return them. Because if you returned them, somebody else would have that for their collection. And you'd just hang on to them as long as you can until you'd get it sent home with a slip that said you have to bring the book back. And that's just that's just the that's just the game, baby. That that didn't happen <laughs> as much for us, but I know I um air quotes forgot a few goosebumps <laughs> books. Right. Oh, that's another so like super nineties thing that kids will never know is like signing out books from the library with the weird ass um, uh, slip cards. It goes inside the book, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you have to like write your name and date on it and slip it in there. And it was weird because you'd pull them out sometimes and it would be like 86 would be the year on there or like some of those books were just never taken out. That was always like the interesting thing in, in elementary school at the libraries. Um, have you ever heard of the show called Zach Files? It sounds familiar, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> for some reason, I loved that show. It was on for like two years, I think. I think it's basically a ripoff of Erie, Indiana, which was a show that I never got to watch because I don't think it was on any of those channels that we got. But um, I just remember an episode where Zach gets shrunk somehow, and then his dad's vacuuming the house and vacuums him up in the vacuum cleaner, and the whole episode is him trying to get out of the vacuum bag. This just sounds like... Honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> right. Uh, so that was another one that was like pretty spooky. And I, it's funny when you think of like these premises now where it's like kids get sucked up by a vacuum cleaner and they have to get out of a bag where it's like, if they were to do that nowadays, it's like, oh, I'm trapped in a Dyson. What do I do? <laughs> like you just have to like try and find the switch to get out. <laughs> oh yeah, It's just so stupid. Uh, oh man. Yeah. The nineties were such a weird time and early two thousands, I guess. Uh, there are some really good ones that Nickelodeon did too. Do you, do you think of any when it comes when I say that? Do anything come to mind? Mm. Does anything come? To, what is my English? I, I don't know. <laughs> do anything um, come to mind? Not not that I can think of offhand. What if I were to say uh, the names uh, Stanley, Ickes, and oh. Gretchen? Is it Gretchen? Yeah, I think so. What? Oh, uh, Greta. Real Monsters? Ah, uh, Real Monsters. Yeah. Yeah, man. That was another really big one for when I was a kid. I remember just the idea of, like, monsters living underneath a garbage dump and, like, in the sewer. And, like, it was, I think, before... Um, it would have been before Monsters, Inc., probably, right? But it was, like, a similar premise it where was, they... Yeah, it was definitely before Monsters, Inc. Where they had to they had to scare kids, and that was the whole premise of it. Yeah. I, I for... Whatever reason that monster, other with like holding his eyeballs and he had like arm hair yeah. sticking out all the time, that's like all I can think of when people ask me about like children's monsters. <laughs> uh, what was his name? I want to say it was Ickis, maybe. They had weird names, but uh, yeah, that one was definitely one of my favorite Nickelodeon shows. Even like Rocco's Modern Life had some weird, spooky stuff to it. Like all of those Nickelodeon and like Cartoon Network shows back then had weird creepy aspects even like powerpuff girls do you remember him from powerpuff girls oh do i ever right yes and like mojo jojo was kind of creepy at a certain age you know i love mojo jojo it, i always wanted to be him <laughs> i just like walk around being like i am mojo jojo <laughs> i think you have to get a little more racist with that you want to try that again i'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> just walking you right into the trap 
uh, do you remember this? Okay, this is a show that I remembered. I wrote it down. Probably one of the shittiest shows I remember growing up because it was on all the fucking time and it was so bad. It was called Monster by Mistake. Oh, man. I Do you remember that show? Yeah, I, not until you said it, though. I tried to block that out. So sure. Monster by Mistake was, I think, one of the first like CGI shows for kids that was on TV besides like Reboot. Um, which was also another pretty fucking creepy show sometimes. Reboot was great though. Uh, Monster by Mistake was this, this boy who gets a curse put on him by a little goblin in a crystal ball and, uh, it turns him into a monster or something. And then he's this, this giant blue monster half the time. It only happens when he sneezes or something. Yeah. I thought that, I think. I thought that had like a jamming theme song. Like it was a good It might have. Yeah. I don't know. We'd have to look that up. But uh, I just remember watching it and it was always the same fucking thing where it was like the, the monster and the crystal ball trying to escape and the boy would just turn into the monster and scare him. And that would be the episode basically. And yeah, it was pretty shit. But if you guys want to look that one up, you can and see for <laughs> yourself how, how weird that one looked. Um, there was a few that I really liked. One was called Martin Mystery. Do you remember that one? I didn't watch Martin Mystery. So Martin Mystery was the same animation style, if you guys don't know, uh, as Totally Spies, which I think was another Canadian TV show. Had to be. It was like anime light, (laughs) which is the best way to put it. But uh, Martin Mystery, I think it was originally a, a novel or a comic or graphic novel or something as well, actually. And... Uh, they turned it into a kid's show, and I remember it being kind of spooky, too. It gave me serious Archie's Weird Mystery vibes when I first saw it, because I think it came out, like, closer to, like, 2002. Like, I think I was, like, okay. later elementary school, maybe even early high school when I was watching it, like, when I was babysitting, uh, like, our mutual, old mutual friends' yeah. brothers. And I just remember watching that show and being like, this is actually such a sleeper. And uh, I remember a couple years ago, I had such a nostalgic craving that I went on eBay and I bought the complete series on DVD. Really? And the person sent it to me, but it was all just burnt DVDs with like paper glued on top with a (laughs) glue stick. And the actual like, um, I have it on my shelf there, but the actual uh, disc case is just like a printed picture as well. And it just says complete series. And I was like, all right, well, I guess this works. And they were all just like, ripped straight off of like a VHS tape or oh. DVD that was recording YTV because the YTV logos in half of them. Man, that person was a hustler. Yeah, man. Well, you got my money. I think it was only like, well, I say in quotes only like $30, which was like, Jesus. I think there's like six seasons or something like that. But when, when you're craving nostalgia, there's not a price for it. I spent almost a hundred bucks on YTV merch. Like, Last year, too, when they had this I promo. Know. All your YTV stuff is cool. I want it. <laughs> uh, do you remember the show Danny Phantom? Not at all. Do you know anything about it? No. So Danny Phantom was a show that was created by uh, Butch Hartman, who created Fairly Odd Parents. Yep. So Danny Phantom, same animation style, but it's about this boy who ends up being, a, he, he gets turned into a ghost. His parents are ghost hunters. And they accidentally turn him into a ghost or something, and they don't know he's a ghost, and they're ghost hunters. Oh, okay. So he has to keep it a secret from them. And it's just like shenanigans ensue, but I just remember 
watching that when I was babysitting too and just being like, this is actually like kind of an, like the same way Fairly Odd Parents can like appeal to adults too. It was like, fuck, there's actually like some charm to this. So I liked Fairly Odd Parents. I think I saw Danny Phantom and got mad because I thought it was a ripoff <laughs> and didn't like it be just because of that. I believe it. There was a lot of things that did that for me too. But uh, yeah, Danny Phantom is definitely one that I had um, like a big respect for too. But even even now, like I'll occasionally look through and see what's popular with kids to see if there's anything like cool like that coming up because I'm always interested in that stuff. Kenny's watching Paw Patrol. Uh, yeah <laughs> um actually gravity falls is a tv show that came out the past couple of years are you familiar with this show kyle a little bit uh i've watched a few episodes and i was like addicted i was i was torrenting them back before they were started like handing out notices because they <laughs> now in canada they actually like your your internet company has to send you cease and desist letters if they see any like torrenting or anything like that i know i've received some (laughs) so uh sorry game of thrones as soon as that whole thing happened i just was like fuck i guess i'm just gonna wait and i've thought about revisiting that show because i've heard a lot of things about like the storytelling and stuff in it that it's supposed to be like done really well but yeah i i don't know do you have any other like horror ish things growing up that you can think of not really. Or was there anything that wasn't specifically, like, spooky that scared the shit out of you as a kid? Um, not in regards to, like, TV shows, but when I was way too young, I watched um, Sleepy Hollow, <laughs> and that was terrifying as hell. Like the Disney one? Or the the Johnny Depp one? The Johnny Depp one. Oh. When he gets the wooden stake through his chest, that gave me nightmares. I, I still haven't seen that one. It's too scary for me. <laughs> I saw it when I was like seven, I think. Holy shit. Yeah, I just remember being like four years old and watching a snuff film and I haven't been the same oh since. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, back to freaky stories. Uh, so me and Kyle, as I'd mentioned, had this idea of revisiting these shows and we actually sat down before we recorded this and watched two episodes that we found of freaky stories. We did. So both of those are on YouTube. If you guys are interested in watching them, the first episode is called, let's see here, Boys and Ghouls. And the <laughs> second one is called Take This Job and Love It, which is kind of a stupid fucking name. But uh, yeah, so we took notes here on these episodes to see if they held up. And uh, just just overall, Kyle, do you feel like freaky stories held up to what you thought it might be? There was definitely jokes that I know I didn't get when I was younger. Um, there was a lot of adult <laughs> themes. But a lot of the time I just shook my head and was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, f- I feel like this show was a lot like darker than I remember it being. Yes. Um, I remember it being a lot more lighthearted and kid-centric. But I also remember thinking that the, I don't know what they would be called, interstitials maybe? Like the surrounding plot. Uh, involving the two main characters, Larry the Roach <laughs> and M- Maurice, Maurice the Maggot. Uh, I-, I always thought that those were kind of like shoehorned in and didn't really like make sense. And rewatching them now, I feel like the first episode did a better job of the second episode of like turning a story out of it. Yes. Uh, yeah. 
But yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But uh, yeah, overall, Kyle, let's give some of your thoughts on these before we dive into these these shorts and what, tell people what these episodes were like. Well, I I'm glad we rewatched them because I said so I don't I didn't remember much about them. Just I knew I did like them. Mm-hmm. And I don't. How is this stuff on TV for kids? I don't understand. Well, it's 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 a lot like those um, like PSAs that we used to get in Canada too. Like we had the American House Hippo, which I think is actually like a really good thing that they should be circulating now about. Oh, for sure. Uh, like that's... doing doing research on things that are actually fake. The before House just Hippo believing is still them. so relevant because like there were so many kids growing up that thought the House Hippo was real. And I remember having to tell kids, like, you're stupid. They did that as a TV show to tell you not to be stupid and believe everything you see on TV. And everything you just take, like, take everything at face value. And they're like, no, it was, like, an actual nature thing. I remember one girl we went to <laughs> elementary school with was like, no, there was foot tracks in my peanut butter toast, just like on the commercial. <laughs> and I was like, no, there wasn't. <laughs> like, your mom maybe made them? I don't know. Maybe she thought you were a fan of the house hippos and... You know, and then I was also being like, Santa Claus isn't real, so get the fuck. No, I'm just oh my God. get out of here, Cherise. No, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but like the house hippo one. And then there's even creepy commercials, actually, now that we're talking about it. Like, don't you put it in your mouth? Oh, God, yeah. Which I think came up in a previous episode. We were trying to tell Patrick about these. Uh, there was one about the mouse traps. Do you remember that one? No. There's a little brother mouse and a big brother mouse. Oh, yep. And uh, the little brother mouse goes to eat the cheese, and he's not supposed to take the or eat the cheese off strange places or from strange people. He doesn't yeah. know where it's been. And yeah, it's it's pretty weird. I and then yep. <laughs> there's other ones like the War Amps one, <laughs> where it's like the cybernetic kid gets like a robot arm and then he takes it off and he's like, I can take my arm off and you, you can't. can't. <laughs> like, like why? Like I get, it was effective obviously because we remember all of it. Yeah. And like, there's always like a lawnmower going in the background or something. Right. Like, oh. But it always was like almost maybe a little too graphic or too much for kids. Just imagery wise. Like, it was a little bit scarring. I bet you kids had nightmares from Don't You Put It In Your Mouth. No way. I thought it was cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Freaky Stories was something similar where I just remember having a similar feeling, remembering that of like, I remember it being kind of weird, but I didn't think it was actually freaky, you yeah. know? And revisiting it now, it's definitely, I feel like they could almost redo this with a little bit more of an adult tone and it would probably be successful as well they could oh yeah they could do like a mini series or something it would do really well i bet yeah for sure um and i gotta say like the animation was pretty incredible too it was really good I, and, I, and i do like the, the puppet designs <laughs> except for <laughs> okay Maurice Kyle, is Kyle, how, how do you feel about the puppets that they use in this show well so Larry's cool, um, you know, it's the roach, and he's blue and big, and he's funny to watch, but Maurice makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, so why does Maurice make you uncomfortable, Kyle? Because Maurice is a maggot, but he's um, he's slimy and just, like, kind of protrudes, and he just looks like a big dick. Yeah, honestly, if you guys aren't familiar with Freaky Stories, Google Maurice, Maurice uh, from Freaky Stories, and he literally just looks like an uncircumcised wiener. 
Yep. And always, <laughs> always with slime on him all the time. It's, it's actually gross how much slime is like on him. And when he talks, there's always slime dripping from, from his, his face. Mouth. It's, <laughs> I wonder how many parents were watching that show when their kids were watching it and were just kind of taken aback by that, um, character design. If my dad ever watched that with me, he would just laugh. I guarantee he'd think it's so funny. Like, I, w- I wonder like now if, if. If, like, somebody we knew had, like, a, a four- or five-year-old kid just, like, walked in on their kid watching now, what the fuck do you think they would do? Like, nowadays, where everybody's trying to censor and limit everything? Uh, immediate Facebook posts condemning this TV show. <laughs> uh, don't let your kids watch it. It's right. sexual in nature, and, yeah. It's too dark. Ugh. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the charm of this show, and I think that's why it sticks out in our minds, just like those commercials. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about these these episodes. So the first episode we watched was called Boys and Ghouls, which is a very Tales from the Crypt thing for a title. Um, obviously, it's inspired by other anthology series like that, but this one is a little bit different where the wraparound segment is done with these puppets, Larry and Maurice, so a roach and a penis. And uh, they always have like weird banter, and sometimes it matches up with the stories, and sometimes it f- feels pointless, but I'll get into that a little more on the next episode when we yeah. talk about that. Uh, but also, uh, it has, I believe, four different segments of, like, urban myths, yeah, I guess, f- that were... Re- four quick, like, five-minute stories or whatever, yeah. And they were rewritten for children, basically. Um, adult, adult stories, too. Like, for example, there's um, the classic the babysitter one where you get the phone call inside the house while you're babysitting and it's somebody saying, have you checked the kids? And she keeps saying, who is this? Whatever. And then she calls, calls the cops and the cops trace the call and it's coming from inside the house. Get out of the house. Oh, right. No. And, uh, th- I think they redid that one for this too. Um, do you remember any freaky stories off the top of your head that you remember seeing that stuck with you before we talk about this episode? Um, one of the ones we saw today actually was one of the ones that I vividly remembered. Really? It was in the first episode and I was like, oh, yep, I remembered this one like start to finish. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, the one that I remember is the beehive hairdo. Oh, yeah. Uh, this girl keeps applying hairspray to her hair and it keeps building up and building up and building up and then eventually spiders burst from it. And uh, it's like thousands of spiders. And that reminded me of a story my dad told me. He said... When I was a kid, my aunt got back from Mexico, and she brought a cactus back. And I guess oh, the cactus was on in their house, and it, it blew up, and spiders came crawling out of it. Gross. Like, spiders had nested in the cactus. So <laughs> watching that kind of, you know, gave a little bit of realism to me. I guess so, yeah. So I think that's why that one stuck with me. And the other one I remember was one of the scariest stories I'd ever heard in my life. Somebody had told me like the week before I saw the episode. And it's the drip. Drip. Oh, yep, yep. Drip. Do you remember that story? Yes. How well do you remember it? Do you remember it enough to tell the listeners that story? Probably not. I just, like I remember bits and pieces and like visuals from it, but... Okay, so the drip, drip, drip story uh, essentially is a girl uh, house-sitting for her parents. She's a teenage girl, 
uh, with the family dog while her parents are gone for a week or whatever. And she's excited because it's her first time uh, home alone for an extended period of time. She feels like she's getting a bit more responsibility. So she spends a couple hours talking on the phone with uh, her boyfriend, right? And as they're on the phone, she keeps hearing a drip, drip, drip. She doesn't really think anything of it. Maybe somebody left a tap kind of turned on or something, right? She keeps talking to her boyfriend and it keeps going and keeps going. And it just doesn't stop to the point where she, after like an hour or so, says, can I call you back? I got a, oh, actually there's more to it too. While she's laying on the phone, she puts her hand down beside the bed and, and she's petting the dog and, and she, the dog's licking her hand and she's having a good time with that. And uh, she gets up and goes to check what the drip is. And she opens the shower curtain and there's the dog hanging there. His throat's cut and the dripping is the dog's blood dripping in the shower. And she freaks out, but then she realizes if the dog's here... What was I petting? what was licking me you (laughs) so that story stuck with me and they did i think pretty much the exact same version as that here except i don't think the dog was like cut i think the dog was just like in the shower dripping or something like that it was like a weird thing like that i think yeah something like because they obviously can't show a murdered animal on kids tv it's like similar to what they did in one of the episodes where the guy's whole issue was he always had a cigar in his mouth, but he couldn't technically smoke it. Yep. He was just chewing on it, right? Um, okay, so those are ones that I remember. I didn't remember any of the ones that we watched today. Okay. Which is good. Um, it basically gave me a fresh perspective of seeing this show for the first time in a way. Oh, sorry. Um but yeah, so let's jump into this. So, the, the first episode, Boys and Ghouls, opens with uh, Larry the Cockroach over-sexualizing his date that he has coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, hardcore. <laughs> like, she's a babe. <laughs> like, basically sexually harassing her. If she was there, like, it, it, this this would not happen today. Not a chance. Uh, and Maurice, the maggot comes up and he starts taunting him about how he he has a letter from the girl and that she's got to stand him up because she's going on a date with another guy instead another roach and then larry gets really upset about it right gets really mad and then he says oh while i deal with this here's here's a scary story so the cool thing about freaky stories is every episode our short opens the exact same way. And, and it's so classic that, like, I, I quote this all the time, but nobody ever understands. And I think it's, like, it's basically, like, legend at this point. Like, it's, it's something that be. everybody knows about it. And, and some people probably don't even know where it's from, but it's from this show. Yep, it is. And I, it's my one of my favorite, like, openings. So what is it, Kyle? It's, this is a true story. It happened to a friend of a friend of mine. Classic. So good. <laughs> okay, so this story was a true story that happened to a friend of a friend of mine named Alice, who was a computer programmer, <laughs> which is such a weird thing to start out with. 
for like where this goes. They set it up that she's just this super hacker. It's like geeky girl who like spends all her time on the computer and that's it. She's just like elite hacks her like 7,000, you know, typing on like probably what was like one of the first fucking floppy disk computers. Ed's <laughs> <laughs> uh, her whole thing was that she wanted to go on a date with this hunky guy named Gord. Oh, yeah. Uh, so she goes to her computer, and uh, it says first she has to get the blind date set up, and the way that they make it seem like is that she basically catfishes this guy into going on a blind date with her. Totally does. Like, just <laughs> looks everything up about him, answers all the questions the, correctly to the way he's going to answer it, and just like, ugh. <laughs> so she goes on the blind date, or gets the blind date set up, and she also goes on the computer, and the computer helps her schedule a, make, a makeover. She basically does a customize your own sim for herself. <laughs> right, which I don't know how that happens in real time, in real life, but it does. And then uh, also the computer helps her come up with a schedule to get all this stuff done before the date that night. So she rushes to do it, and then uh, she encounters a problem. Kyle, do you remember what that problem is? Yes, the schedule did not give her any time to eat something. What? What do you do? You're telling me that she can't take two seconds to eat something? No, impossible. Crazy. Not in, not in the schedule. So so much like every person ever, she looks in her cupboards and she goes, there's nothing to eat. <laughs> Even though there's like, there's like probably like a few fucking Tostitos left over in a chip bag somewhere. Or like, you know, there's probably like a bag of rice you could make if you really were, were hungry. Probably but like half a box of cereal somewhere. Like right. there's something. Maybe even some ground beef if you wanted to like make a sidekick or like hamburger <laughs> helper. But you just don't have time for that. There's no time in the schedule. So you look in the fridge and what's in the fridge is mustard. Spoiled milk. Eds. Chili. Leftover chili. <laughs> that, that looked like it was in a dog dish, honestly. Like it was, oh. <laughs> so she, she eats the chili, and she finishes getting ready for her date, and okay, she finishes... Can, can we just point out, she didn't eat the chili. She swallowed it whole. <laughs> like, they showed the block going down her throat like a solid. It was gross. Right. Uh, so she swallows the chili, and then uh, finishes getting ready for the date with one minute left. No, woo. Because guys show up on time, apparently. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and as she's uh, talking to, what's his name again? Uh, Gord? Gord, yep. About their date, she starts feeling some, some nervous flutters in her stomach about the date. And then she quickly realizes that they aren't date flutters. They're chill, chili flutters. Chili gas bubbles. <laughs> So she's, she's such a genius that she thinks, hey, once I get to the car, he has to walk around after letting me in. <laughs> so that'll give me time to roll down the window and let out the biggest fart ever, which actually like lights up the whole car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, like, if it's that bad, the guy's going to smell it regardless if the window's open Doesn't or matter. Not. Right. You would have been better off being like, I forgot something, and going back into your house and then or coming out. Or just being like, I have to go to the bathroom quick. Go let it rip, come back. Or, you know, just, just farting, because that's like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're a strong, independent woman. You're allowed to, to fart once in a while. <laughs> you have to remember she thought she was out of his league. It was their first date. He, he was out of her league. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Uh, so she gets in the car. She farts. <laughs> he comes around. And he says, do you remember? <laughs> uh, I don't remember what their names were. But 
have you have you met Ron and Donna? And it the camera pans to the back of the car to these two. It looks like zombies now. It looked like that fart obliterated them. <laughs> like turned them into corpses. And uh yeah, she 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 basically killed them, she with, killed her them fart. with her fart. And then it said that uh he never took her on a second date. <laughs> and that's that's how it ended. And this is so, such a classic uh, story. Did he ever even take her on the first date, though? Like, did they ever leave? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't think the friends would, like... Because, obviously, they're playing it up a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think the friends would be like, yo, your date <laughs> just, like, obliterated us with a fucking fart before you got in the car. If I was in that backseat, I would be making so many <laughs> jokes. Like, th- this is a perfect story to tell a kid. Like, this is great. This is something that I'll probably bring into the future f- for, like, a niece or a nephew or, like, when I have kids one day, hopefully. And uh, I'll tell them all about, you know, just going to the bathroom before going on a date, so. Well, and, like, it's completely relatable. Like Right, and that's the thing. This is, It's, like, very realistic. It's something yeah. that everybody can kind of relate to. Like, everybody's had, like, stomach issues. I've gone on a movie date before, and I, like, had, like, the worst diarrhea I'd ever had from, like, whatever I'd eaten just didn't sit well and i missed 40 minutes of the movie because i could not leave the bathroom of the the movie theater and my date didn't say anything when i got back to my chair they were just kind of like and i was i was like the kind of person that would be like normally ask you where the hell you were for half the movie no but normally i would be like did i miss anything but i was gone so fucking long (laughs) that uh it probably wasn't actually 40 minutes it just felt like 40 minutes but yeah anyways (laughs) relatable story a good one to start this off with i think at this point you and me kind of looked at each other and we're like yeah okay so far this this show holds up to memory so funny thing is this is actually the one story that i did remember vividly oh really and so we started out with this and i was like okay uh, this is what I remember. It's still what I remember it being. This is fine. So you were invested at that point. Yes. Uh, okay. Then it goes back to uh, Larry the Cockroach. Uh, he's just randomly reading letters now from, I think it's implied viewers of the show. And uh, uh, someone writes in saying that they've been playing, they got <laughs> caught by their girlfriend playing footsies <laughs> with a centipede. <laughs> Yep. And then, what did he say? He's, he said uh, something like... Um, he said something like, that's a lot of feet to play footsies with. Ba-ba-boo! Oh, yep. <laughs> something real st- <laughs> fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, and this guy, the, the writer's, like, pseudonym was, like, Footloose. It yeah, was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think that part was, like, so clever. And I was like, hey, these are, like, dumb dad jokes that I can get behind. Like, this is great. Uh, so then the second story starts. He throws off to the next story, not even touching that he got stood up on a date. Like, he nope. literally started that he got stood up on a date, and then it cuts to another random segment. And this is the part where I'm like, I don't remember them just having random segments. I remember it being, like, story-based, but whatever. I kind of wrote that off, and then second story started. Do you remember what the second story was? Um, No. So the second story was uh, about this guy named Scotty. He had a crush on this girl named Sarah, and he saw her at the crosswalk every time he walked to school. 
yeah, at the same crosswalk at the same time of day. And I'm like, man, are you stalking this girl? What are you doing? <laughs> right, right. He like waits outside of her house and he's like, <laughs> she lives right outside of the crosswalk. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> it's 344. She should be here in three minutes. <laughs> and he just walks up and he's like, hi, hi, Sarah. It's, it's interesting to bump into you here. Uh, <laughs> Again. Uh, except, except the issue is Scotty cannot talk to Sarah. He can't talk to girls for whatever reason. He's stopped learning the the, the English. <laughs> so, uh, he tries and tries and tries to talk to Sarah, but he can't do it. So one day he's at the crosswalk. Sarah asks him a question. He doesn't answer because he's a marble mouth. Sarah just leaves, and then Jennifer, this girl Jennifer, walks up and starts talking to him. While this guy, by the way, is pounding his face into a mailbox because he's so embarrassed. <laughs> right, right. And she walks up and she goes, is something wrong? Is something wrong <laughs> while you beat your face against the mailbox? Right. And, and he's, he's like, uh, nothing. Which is like a huge fucking red flag. Like, this <laughs> dude's been stalking this girl. Now he's, like, destroying public property. Uh, so Jennifer talks to him, and he realizes, hey, I'm talking to a girl. Why this is this so easy? This isn't so bad. She's like a normal person. <laughs> right. So then he goes to school with this newfound confidence. It, starts, it shows him talking to every girl in school, but it doesn't look like he's talking to them. It sounds like he's like sexually harassing them. Oh, it, <laughs> he get, like it gets weird. He walks up to them, and he's like, hey, Tiffany, nice tits. And her reaction <laughs> is just like, oh! And then the next girl, he's like... <laughs> Fat ass, Susan. <laughs> and then she reacts like that, right? And then he finally gets up to Sarah. And he says something to Sarah, and they start, like, hitting it off and talking and whatever, and then he asks her out on a date. And, <laughs> and she he, says yes. And it works. Yeah. He's like, hey, Sarah, you looking thick? <laughs> and she's like, oh, of course, I'd go on a date with you. <laughs> she's like, 2019, what do you want? Thick with two Cs? That's a compliment. Uh, so, <laughs> so Scotty decides that he needs to find this Jennifer girl and bring her flowers as a thank you for helping him talk they, to girls. They say he gets all the money that he currently has to buy this girl flowers. Not I've, to spend on Sarah, Did, did he forget he just agreed to go on a date with this girl that he liked? I don't, this part made me mad. I was like, dude, no. Okay, so this guy's been stalking a girl, just bashed his face into a fucking mailbox, and sexually harassed multiple women at school. I don't think he's worried about money. This dude doesn't have <laughs> irrational thinking here, Kyle. But uh, he ends up tracking down Jennifer from the phone book. Yeah, just, I'm gonna, how did he get, uh, yep, looked her up through the phone book. <laughs> no, no issues with that at all. Right, never got her last name, just looks up Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> and then just wait yeah it went to her house well he knew who she was he's been stalking her let's not kid ourselves goes to jennifer's house knocks on the door and an old woman comes to the door immediately i was like was jennifer just like an old woman in Jen makeup he, he was just hallucinating or something <laughs> she was really hot it was just a granny the whole time and then it just cuts it not actually but it, it not in the show but it just like would cut to hit like a flashback of him going to school being like hey tiffany nice tits and it's just like an 80 year old woman just like in shock it's like a shallow house scenario, but it's actually like <laughs> old women instead of fat women. <laughs> he, he's actually at the nursing home. He's their yeah. caregiver. He's just, just just sexually harassing old women. Okay, anyways, so he, an old woman answers the door. 
and uh, she, he's like, is is Jennifer back from school yet? Uh, right? And, and yeah. she goes, oh, she must be up to her old tricks. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, she loves to help people. <laughs> and he's like, come on, lady, what the fuck does that mean? Like, where's Jennifer? Where That's all I care about. Well, you see, Jennifer died 10 years ago to this very day. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? She helped me out like three days ago. Why would she come back? <laughs> like three days before the anniversary of her death. Yep. Anyways. So what what does Scotty do, Kyle? He he goes back to that crosswalk every, every year. year on the anniversary with flowers, hoping he'd find Jennifer. He and doesn't. I think I think the only reason he doesn't is because Jennifer only responds to people slamming their heads <laughs> into post boxes because that seemed to be the only way he could summon her the first time. Maybe she's like a ghost genie in the fucking the post box, right? She no. <laughs> has to like rub his head on it for her to come out. And then she gives him the magic powers to sexually harass old women. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that was the second story of the first episode. <clears throat> and then, uh, I don't even remember what happens in between. I I didn't write it down, but I think... Oh, is this when they were talking about the girdle? No, the girdle happens later on. Okay. I think, yeah. The girdle's like the very last thing. Uh, so something else happens. I don't think it even pertains to him being stood up, but it goes back to him introducing the third show, oh, third wait. segment. Is it when he's teaching Maurice how to be charming? Oh, Maurice ac- asks if he'd help yep. him, and he, he doesn't do it yet. He does it in the okay. next segment, but uh, Maurice asks if he'd help him talk to women, which is kind of a weird thing. Like, if I had a friend who was, like, Just constantly getting up. rejected, yep. <laughs> can you teach me how to talk to girls? <laughs> teach me your ways, master. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, another interesting thing about these, like, uh, animated segments I noticed was the interesting choice of narrators for each story. Yes. Like some of them were from the perspective of the person. Some were from just an like random omnipresent being that's watching over it, actually narrating it. But this third story was from the point of view of the, the school's coach. (laughs) Yeah. And it was about this boy named Danny. Do you remember this one? Oh yeah. Do you want to tell listeners about this story, Kyle? So Danny is just, this is the nerdy boy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Danny's just a little nerdy boy. He's got braces and glasses, and he's... Bad acne. He's not nice to look at. No, he's like... Um, he's me. Now. Not me in I high mean, school. Me, me now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Danny boy. <laughs> Continue. Um, <laughs> so then there's these two uh, meatheads come up to Danny at lunch. Yeah, uh, their names are, I wrote it down. You'd think it would be like Biff. Butch Butch and something, but it's Biff and Garth. Oh, yeah, Garth. <laughs> Party on Garth. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the jocks of the high school in every sport, apparently. Yes. Um, so they come up, and they tried to make him eat a... Put a Twinkie in his ear. I think some other kids did, and then these two interrupted it. The whole time, I'm just picturing, how are you going to get a Twinkie in somebody's ear? And they even specified without getting any in his hair. Yeah, not even (laughs) a crumb on his head. Yeah. (laughs) So weird. Dude's got some big-ass ears. 
Right. So the jocks kind of break it up and stop him from being <laughs> getting a second <laughs> Twinkie in the ear. Yep. <laughs> and they sit down and have lunch with him. And then... Which would be suspect if I was in his position. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to go eat my lunch in the bathroom like a normal nerd. <laughs> right. Like I did many times. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Only while I was shitting, though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I don't get why... I, it, it, I'm just sitting on the toilet. I'm like, I don't get why all the food here smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> And then the jocks come and sit with me in there, and they're like, <laughs> they're "Oh like, no!" They're like, "Can we eat lunch with you?" And I'm like, "Sure," because this is something that people do with nerdy kids all they, the time. Say, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. So then they're talking about how the, I think it's their cousin is. Uh, yeah, it, I don't think they're related, but I think it was Garth's cousin. Oh, yeah. So Garth's cousin is coming into town for this dance, and they want to get her a date and. They want to set him up with the nerdiest kid in school, basically. Yes. To which point they both creepily look at um, our lovely dude here and go, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, they're like, you still single? And he's like, uh, yes. They're like, still virgin? Uh, yes. Well, what are you doing tomorrow? It's like, uh, he's like scared to turn them down at that point. And they're like, not for us. I have a, I have a cousin that's coming to the dance and he's like oh gee willikers <laughs> i'm in uh, anyways so uh, they set him up with uh garth's cousin named jenny so garth is i think it's a halloween dance right i think that yeah, was the costumes premise. and yeah so uh danny doesn't know what to dress up as for this date but he dresses up he decides as uh, a character from one of his favorite tv shows which is a martian so he goes to the dance, and as he walks in, he sees the two jocks, and the narrator's the coach, so he has to point out that one of the kids is dressed up like him. He's like, and he's dressed up like me. <laughs> but it's just a kid in a coach outfit, <laughs> which I thought was kind of a nice little touch. But uh, <clears throat> So he sees uh, the cousin Jenny, who's complete head-to-toe Martian makeup as well. For sure. And they're dressed up as Martians from the same show, which is like... Every nerd's dream. You go somewhere with like the nerdiest, like if you go somewhere with a nerdy fucking t-shirt and a girl that you like is like, hey, I love that. You're like, fuck yeah, jackpot. All I could picture at this point was just, hey mom, there's something in the back room. (laughs) What? (laughs) Aliens exist. Blink-182. Oh, <laughs> I don't really I just, listen to Blake. So. I was just picturing Tom DeLonge being like, yes. <laughs> alien, yeah, just anytime you say aliens, it's just Tom DeLonge shows up with a boner. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Jenny and Danny have a really good time at the dance, and Danny walks Jenny home. And while they're on the porch, he wants to kiss her, but then he realizes... He doesn't want to kiss her mask. (laughs) Right. So he goes to take it off. And they showed the most violent, like, strangling-looking thing. It looked like he was trying to choke her out. Right. It was like Homer strangling Bart in The Simpsons. Very much so. It it was his date. (laughs) He's trying to get some and just... (laughs) So she says, I'll take my mask off. Just don't look. And, and, And he closes his eyes. She takes off her mask. They have a nice kiss. He opens his eyes. And he sees... The, the female version of himself. <laughs> exactly like, like him. Exactly. It, just with long hair. Uh, which, uh, you know, I guess worked out for him because apparently he 
I don't know, was happy after that, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but wouldn't we all want to date ourselves, honestly? Like, <laughs> I think I'm pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not getting into that on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, then it cuts back to, that's how that one ends, and it cuts back to Larry the Cockroach in our in-between segment, dressed up as a woman, <laughs> helping Maurice talk to girls. Where Maurice says something like, he's like, ask me out. And Maurice is like, no. And he goes away and he's like, you're, you're too much of a babe for me to ask out. And then he slaps him and he goes, don't you know it's politically incorrect to call, call a, a babe a babe? babe? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so fucking great. Like, that's like the perfect joke for this day and It age. was so funny. So it's, I guess so far the moral of the story is like some of these stories and like topics and stuff like still fucking work. They're still, they still apply. Um, um, maybe even more so, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> there's something about, <laughs> a, oh yeah, <laughs> he said something about a grease trap. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. He, like, He's like, I'm going to take you up behind the grease trap. He's like, no, don't do that. I know what happens back there. I'm not that kind of girl. <laughs> I'm not that kind of girl. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty fucking funny too. And then, and then he in in drag he introduces the next segment, <laughs> which honestly I think is my favorite art style. Yeah, it was uh, Art Deco. If you guys don't know what Art Deco is, it's similar to Batman the Animated Series, which is like one of my favorite art styles ever. It's kind of got like a retro futuristic vibe to it, yet still feeling like it's like like 1920s. Um, really interesting art style. And it's a story following this guy named Joe, who's I think a detective. I don't think they ever really said. He was just wearing like a duster coat and a detective hat. And he goes to a diner and a cop is there. And um, the waitress there asks... Uh, the main character, if he's heard anything about this slasher that's escaped. Am I right so far, Kyle? Yep. (laughs) And uh, he didn't know about the slasher, whatever. The cop comes in, talks to the waitress a bit, and, uh, you know, Joe pays for his coffee bill and he leaves, gets in his car, drives away, and the waitress says something to the cop and points to the car. Points right at him. And And Joe gets so fucking paranoid. And, you know, if you're not guilty, you're not going to, like, speed off. (laughs) But Joe does, which I'm like, oh, shit, what's the twist going to be? He's like... That your typical stoner sees a police officer and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run away. He's right. coming for me." You think like, "Oh, maybe Joe's like actually this the fucking slasher. Like this is so sketchy." Cop ends up pulling him over, pulls out this like taser gun type thing, and he tells Joe Joe he's gonna check out his car and he goes into the back of the car and you see lights flashing. He comes out and it's he's got the slasher. <laughs> the slasher was in the back of Joe's car the whole time, the whole waiting time. to kill Joe, which is another like classic urban yeah, legend. just like one of those stories, like the hook hand guy, like yep. one of those. So I I just like thought that one was done pretty well, just because the art style and the story itself was like interesting enough, and it was pretty short. Then it cuts back to finish off the episode with. <laughs> Our boys. <laughs> boys. Larry Roach and Maurice the Maggot. Uh, saying that <laughs> Maurice tells Larry that the girl's outside and she wants to go on the date with Larry again. And Larry says, what? Why? And Maurice says that the other cockroach 
she saw the other cockroach when she went to his house. He was changing, and she found out he wears a girdle. <laughs> <laughs> so she came back for Larry, and he was like, hot damn, I still got it. And he puts on, like, a suit and a hat, and he, like, pieces out. So literally, this girl just found out some guy wears a girdle and is like, okay, I'm going back to the other guy. No thanks. Right? <laughs> and that's how it ended. And I thought, like, for the first episode that we watched, it was, like, the perfect, like, you know... I was feeling pretty good watching this. Me too. I had some it laughs. Was, it was, yeah, there was, all the stories were good for different, I liked them all for different reasons. And memorable too. Yeah, and like the, the little in-between segments, though like, there was the one weird one, it, they kind of all matched up and it went pretty good. Right. It's A lot of it was like go- dates, dating advice, yeah. stuff like that. Pretty consistent. But the second one we watched was uh, Take This Job and Love It. And there's <laughs> some great segments in this one, but overall, like, it was kind of like a meh episode, I think. Yeah. But, uh, so it starts with Larry the Cockroach, he's on strike, Maurice asks him why he's on strike, and then he just says, I quit! <laughs> and then he comes back and introduces the last episode, he just quit, and then he's like, this is my last segment ever, here we go, here's a freaky story. That's pretty much how it opens. Yep, absolutely. And it's like the fucking weirdest setup. It's like so negative and so like, why is he on strike? Why is he quitting? Nobody knows. Like, goes right into it. And this one's in the point of view of this uh, girl who's the crush on, who has a crush on this guy named Josh, which I thought was like a weird choice of a narrator because of how everything pays off here. But yeah, so Josh is a guy. He loves working on cars. And he decides, oh, I spent all my money on fixing this car, uh, that I need a job. So he applies to be a pizza driver, and uh, the the pizza guy hires him like on the spot and says, I have a job right now, actually, um, You, if you want to close up the shop and <laughs> head out. Which, honestly, like if you hired somebody the first day, Kyle, would you give them the responsibility of like delivering pizzas right away without any training and closing up the store? Here, Here's some pre-made pizzas. <laughs> Put them in the oven, cook them, and you got this. You're good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Lock up. And it's like, well, so you already have spare keys cut for this guy? Like, <laughs> And then he, he also men- mentioned something about the, the last guy named Sydney. He just, like, went out to deliver pizzas and never came back, which oh, is, yeah. like, so funny because it sounds ominous, but it's, like, something I imagine, like, 90% of pizza guys do. They just, like, leave with pizzas, and they're like, fuck it, that's my last shift. I'm just going to eat this pizza, and that's it. This delivery is never going to make it. <laughs> that's their problem now. It's whatever. So he drives, and he's making it to the place with, like, he has a seven-minute drive with 15 minutes to spare. So he's doing good time. He's yep. fucking flying. Then he has some car trouble. And then he has to deliver the pizza late. Oh, I just remembered when they, that person called about the pizza delivery, the narrator used the weirdest thing. She was like, yeah, and the girl on the other end had a really sexy voice. And I was just like, it threw me off for a second. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is a kid's show. What's they, that? they did that when he rolls up too. He rolls up to the house and, and uh, the girl is, has a crush on this guy named Josh, right? Yeah. The narrator has a crush on the guy she's talking about. The girl who opens the door is not the crush, but the crush has to point out how much of a babe that this, <laughs> this other girl is. Just points it out, yep. And then that she invites him in. If you ever have a crush on somebody, you're not going to be like, well, at least he's talking to this other hot chick who invited him into the house. Like, you're not going to do that. And, and then 
Oh, then they start bumping some stereotypical porn music. <laughs> yeah, he comes so, in. As a pizza guy comes to the door of a hot chick being like, do you want to come in? Do you want to come in and have and some like, pizza with me? <laughs> yeah, I think we both looked at each other and we're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he goes inside and we're like, hey, where's this going? And she said she had to run upstairs or something. And he starts like bumping around. And I think he ends up downstairs somehow. She said to go get a drink from downstairs, I think, and gave him, like, a candle because there's no lights downstairs, apparently. Which is, like, such a weird thing. Like, I'll just have water from the sink. I don't need to go downstairs to get a drink. But, like, as you pointed out, he probably thought he was in a porno. So he probably wasn't (laughs) thinking with his head. Yeah, what am I going to find downstairs? (laughs) And what does he find, Kyle? Uh, Well, he trips and falls down the stairs, and the candle goes out. And somehow, out of nowhere, he pulls a flashlight out of his pocket. Right. He's like, yeah, he had a pocket flashlight with him. I'm like, what? <laughs> the whole time, because every pizza de- delivery guy, it's a standard to carry a flashlight. So he falls into the basement, and there's nothing down there except a door. So he opens the door and sees, just in this room, a coat rack with a bunch of extra pizza guy shirts on it. With Wait, all- oh. did you say pizza guy shirts? Yes. Why Why would she have so many Pizza Guy shirts? She makes a lot of pornos about Pizza Guys. And and, and, <laughs> and why are they gendered just for guys? <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> uh, the closest Pizza Guy shirt has a name tag, Kyle. It says, Sydney. The same Pizza Guy who left to deliver pizzas and never came back. Josh turns around, and who's behind him but the babe with the giant pizza cutter. The biggest pizza cutter ever. (laughs) And she says to him, I wonder how many slices I'll get out of you. (laughs) Josh runs past her, out the door, gets in his car, drives away. And then the narrator says, and Josh still shakes every time I ask him if he wants to go for a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it ends. <laughs> like, what a bitch. <laughs> she was, like, just rooting him on to, like, sleep with this babe that answers the pizza door. And then <laughs> now she's like, now nah, I'm just going to bully him for the rest of his life about PTSD. <laughs> he were almost murdered. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, that was such a dark freaking twist, though. I was like, yeah, she's yep. really threatening to cut this guy into pieces and they're like just letting it play out they don't show it but they also insinuate that she's murdered dozens of people yep which is like some buffalo bill shit but i also love how he like he ran and but he left his shoes there behind because he ran so fast he ran out of his shoes (laughs) (laughs) okay so the episode or the the segment's done and it cuts back to um maurice our maggot friend and he's doing some stand-up comedy that's not good. Uh, oh, yeah. He asks if he could borrow a cup of slime, or his neighbor asks if he could buy a cup of slime. And he, he's like, uh, for $5. And Maurice is like, it only costs $1. And he, his neighbor says, well, I'm a big tipper. <laughs> And that's the joke. And I'm just like, is that like some sort of innuendo, like big tipper? Like, I don't get the joke. Uh, Did you get the joke at all? Was there a joke there? Not that I could see, which said, unless, yeah, they're insinuating that, you know, because (laughs) Maurice is a maggot that looks like a dick and he's got a big (laughs) tip. I don't know. Right. And then Larry interrupts him and is basically like, you're a piece of shit. Your jokes suck. I'm going to be the host again. (laughs) Here's the next story. Here's the next story. 
the next story. Do you remember this next one, Kyle? Is this the bird one? Okay, so this one's also from the perspective of a crush, a neighbor crush. Yep. And she refers to our, our pr- protagonist, antagonist, our main character guy, Big Al, as, and I quote, one yummy fruit salad. Yeah, says what he has like says he has pecs like watermelons and biceps like cantaloupes, which all in all makes him a really yummy, yummy fruit, fruit salad. salad. <laughs> which like if you were to actually say to the guy, he'd probably get offended and be like, "You calling and me gay, buddy?" <laughs> this guy looked like Johnny Bravo too. Yeah. <laughs> and his name was Big Al. Yep. Like, there's no doubt this dude was a yummy cup of fruit salad, if you know what I'm saying. Anyways, <laughs> so Big Al, his whole thing is he smokes cigars. That's the only bad thing about Big Al is that he smokes cigars. So <laughs> Big Al. Oh my God. Also uh, installs carpet professionally. So he's a big yummy cup of fruit salad that lays carpet. That's uh. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you trying to say, Kenny? <laughs> Uh, so he goes to this woman's house to install her carpet, and the woman sees him with the cigar, and she's like, you better not bring that into my goddamn house, you son of a bitch. And he's like, all right, lady, all right. Oh, no. <laughs> Just let me do my job. So he starts installing the carpet, and there's this bird in a bird cage in the living room, and he goes to move the bird, and the lady's like, that bird's hanging up. Why you gotta move my bird for? <laughs> just leave her there she likes to watch <laughs> and this is where I'm like this is getting even more weird what's this innuendo for <laughs> he likes to watch so he watches Big Al install the carpet and the lady says I gotta go get more bird food I'm just gonna leave a stranger in my house for a bit and uh, you know I'll be back in a bit so Big Al's like sweet this is my time to whip out my cigar and chew on it cause I'm not allowed to show smoking you can't show them smoking it yep so he chews on a cigar, and then he sees the bird, and he decides it's a good idea to just let the bird out. Because he feels bad that the bird is in a cage, apparently. Right, so the bird starts flying around the house, and then he sees the door starts to come open, so he puts the cigar in his pocket, and he tries to get the bird back in the cage, but the bird won't go back in. <laughs> just won't. So he tries to hide the cage so that the woman can't tell that the bird's out when she comes in. And the bird, wouldn't you know it, lands right on Big Al's shoulder. <laughs> oh, dear. What a predicament. Uh, the lady doesn't care, though. She's like, uh, all right, my bird gets out all the fucking time. I don't care. It's fine. So Big Al laughs about it, and then he realizes, oh, I don't have much time to finish this install because I've been hanging out with this fucking bird for an hour. Chasing it around the thing because <laughs> I'm an idiot and I let it out of the cage in right. the first place. Right. So he rushes to finish the install. Uh, <clears throat> then when he finishes, the lady comes and checks his out, checks it out, and she sees a bump on on the carpet, and she asks about it, and the guy realizes it's it's his cigar. He's like, "Well, I can't tell her it's my cigar because she'll know I was trying to smoke or something." So he says, "Oh, it's just an air pocket," and he grabs a mallet and starts whacking <laughs> he the just air like pocket. St- it starts hitting it like nothing. Like, oh, it's okay, I got it. And then. <laughs> And then he goes outside to his car to grab the work slip, and he finds his cigar in his pocket still. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all come to the realization that he slammed, he just malleted the shit out of that bird. <laughs> just murdered a bird. 
<laughs> underneath the carpet, and the woman comes out screaming, looking for her bird. <laughs> and then it just cuts to now Big Al's fat and weighs three hundred pounds. <laughs> like mean, oh. just the most like unnecessary way to end it, but it's like yeah, the dude murdered a bird, and now he can't live with himself, so he copes <laughs> with eating. <laughs> the end. It'd been funny if he ate said he ate like fried chicken or something all the time, <laughs> or or he only ate yummy cups of fruit salad. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got a few more here to to talk about. This might be a little bit of a longer episode, but. This is the first one back from our little break, so you guys deserve it. Plus, I'm having fun talking about this <laughs> stupid fucking show. Okay, so it cuts back to uh, Larry the Cockroach singing and dancing, because that's showbiz, baby. Oh, yeah, his dance moves. <laughs> so, yeah, do you want to explain that part, Kyle? Um, He's tap dancing. Uh, so then they, they just show, like... Well, because sh- it, it, uh. it cuts to Maurice the Maggot going... Yep. Zoom down, zoom <laughs> down, and then they, it's a downward shot of the cockroach, and he's just tapping nails on the ground <laughs> instead of tap dancing. And he's like, "Well, I, I guess that's it for my career. Here's the next video," <laughs> which I thought that part was funny. But like up good. until then, all the this wraparound stuff, it's like, okay, he's on strike. He lost his job. Maurice is doing stand up now. They're dancing. What's the point of this? Made no sense. <clears throat> so the new, the the next uh, segment, the third uh, animated short in this one. <sighs> this one is probably my least favorite out of all the ones that we watched. To be honest, really? Yeah, I was pretty bummed by it. I don't know. How, what do you think of this one? I mean, it's it's good for some jokes. But <laughs> okay, well let's hear let's hear these jokes then. Uh, do you want to tell this story then? Do you have it written down? No. Okay. Uh, So this one's about a guy named Jimmy who's a photographer. (laughs) And he sneaks into Area 51 to take photographs. After hiding his car under a pile of tumbleweeds. A pile of tumbleweeds. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he sneaks into Area 51. And then he also sneaks into an actual secure facility by using, and I quoted, uh, His skeleton key, which was literally just a MasterCard he swiped into an alarm system. Yeah, it was a credit card. (laughs) (laughs) So then he goes in, he takes pictures, and then he hears some alarms going off that he tripped. So he takes out his film roll and he shoves it in his sock. He puts a new one in and starts taking pictures. And then the government shows up and they, they kick him out because if they were to try and arrest him or whatever... Uh, they'd know that somebody snuck in and it would be public. It and would break blah, blah, news blah. and it would look bad. Yeah. Right, so he he just gets kicked out with no repercussions and he takes his picks and he sells them to all the newspapers who wanted the breaking story so they don't even look at so the pictures. So they printed the paper without looking at the pictures and just put the pictures on the front page of the paper. Seems like a foolproof plan. Right. And do you remember what the pictures were of? Go for it. Uh, the government's top secret potato peeler. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the whole story. Well, no. So, well. so now he's he's a private eye, right? He's kicked out of being a photographer because nobody wants to work with them. So he becomes a private eye, and he's taking pictures of a woman who's cheating on her husband. And uh, as he's taking these pictures, he backs up and he bumps into what ends up being a real alien and a real alien spaceship hidden in plain sight, is what they said. Yeah. In a museum. (laughs) And it was there the whole time. 
and and that was that was the twist is that it was that's where you play the twilight zone music uh yeah so that one was like kind of like fuck that was a waste of a couple minutes but whatever some imagery in there that they use for the intro i guess the alien and stuff but yeah cuts to uh maurice the maggot or the wiener as we like to call him (laughs) uh claiming his new host duties because uh larry quit but he keeps farting and at this point i look over at you and you're sleeping (laughs) (laughs) you legitimately like dozed off i I did (laughs) which is fine because that last one was pretty boring but it was funny because it was literally like two minutes of the maggot just being like i don't feel good well i made notes at the beginning of this episode (laughs) saying Anytime Maurice is on screen, he's just, like, nervous and starts farting and, like, burping. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I look over to see if you're, like, you're reacting at all and your eyes are closed. And I'm like, oh, man, that last one was boring for him, too. Yep. And I think you felt me looking at you because you woke up and I was, like, <laughs> just smiling to myself. Being like, I can't wait to bring this up. <laughs> and then it cuts to uh, the last segment we'll talk about which takes place at Moody's Motel. I think this was one of my favorite ones. It was the most Twilight Zone out of all of them, I think. Just the actual, actual ending, too. Yeah. Um, so, Moody's Motel. <laughs> a door-to-door salesman goes there looking for a room. And uh, the motel manager tells them that they have these amazingly comfortable beds he's going to love. They're called blender beds. And he can have one of them for, I don't know, a couple extra bucks for the night and the guy's like sure like let's do it so he goes in there and he's looking around the bed for some massage controls he can't find any and at this point i'm like i know a couple motel stories the classic is always like it was a corpse under the bed or in the mattress like somebody just hit it in the mattress and you're sleeping on that dead body and i was like this is going to be that one probably but no it's not so don't worry this (laughs) you don't know how this one's gonna go (laughs) So as he's laying in bed, he's disappointed that there's no massaging, but he's like, the bed's kind of comfortable. And as he's nodding off, he starts feeling the bed massage him. He's like, what the hell? And he like, you know, just falls asleep and says, this is comfortable enough and passes out. And then he wakes up in the morning feeling the most refreshed he has in a long time. And he's so enthusiastic about it that he wanted to sell these blender beds. And then they... They were like, yeah, the massage felt like there was a thousand hands massaging him all at once. And that Im- that imagery to me, I was like, oh, no. Just no baby corpses. <laughs> uh, anyways, <clears throat> so he goes to the manager and he says, where did you get these beds from? I want to sell them. I fucking, these beds are gospel. I love them so much. And the guy's like, I make them myself. I'm not telling you the secret. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want to sell these beds. So the guy's just like, all right. And he gets in his car and drives away. And he just like slams the door in his face too. Just (laughs) get out. So the guy's like, well, it's too bad. I'll never be able to sleep in that bed again. Oh, but I forgot my, uh, my work booklet with all my like phone numbers and and stuff stuff in it. So he's got to go back. So he goes back to the room without having to get the key from the guy again or anything. He just already has it open. And he starts looking around, and, and as he's grabbing the book, he notices a hole in the side of the mattress. And, and this is where I'm like, oh, man, this mattress is a glory hole from another dimension. <laughs> no, 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 not actually. <laughs> Don't worry, this isn't that, this isn't that R-rated. Uh, 
He he looks in the hole. Just puts his face right up next to the hole. Nothing. He puts his finger in there, feels around, nothing. And he's like, well, that's weird. As he backs up, hundreds of cockroaches start pouring out of the mattress. <laughs> the, the mattress just like splits wide open and cockroaches everywhere. He was sleeping on like hundreds of cockroaches. And then it cuts to him being like, being like, he left that motel and now he travels in an RV. In an RV. And then there's a cockroach climbing up the door and it says, where he makes his own bed. <laughs> that was the perfect I thought that way was to great, end Because yep. it was like, fuck this guy. Make, this guy's like collecting cockroaches. Like he loved it so much. He didn't fucking care. He was like, like, I don't care. That was the best sleep ever. Uh, so yeah. And then it ends with Larry the cockroach begging for his job back and saying, I hope I'm back for the next episode. And I don't know if maybe it was like awkward and weird like that because it was like the final episode of the show. Or I, I don't know, but it was very strange. It ended very like abruptly and you're like, uh, okay. So yeah, overall, I don't know. It was, it was I, um, I think this was like a pretty fun experience, like revisiting this show, man. It like definitely like lit me up with nostalgia watching these segments. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I was like <clears throat> super impressed with how well the, the stories held up. It's great that I revisited these like being older now because I feel like I can retain stories better as an adult. Yeah. So these are stories I could probably like tell children, you know, like, like I said, like nieces, nephews, my kids, my friends, kids, whatever. It'll be nice to tell them about like the story of the guy who like found cockroaches in his bed at a motel and like, Oh yeah. How it was actually a glory hole from another dimension. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe don't tell them that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I want to do more of these, Kyle, if you're, if you're interested Absolutely. Um, so if anybody has any nostalgic TV shows or anything that they'd like us to check out or anything that you want to revisit yourself, just let us know and, and maybe we'll do that again. And I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to revisit some old shit because there's not really any better feeling than like kind of revisiting your childhood, but also, you know, having like a an, fresh perspective from on it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. Uh, sorry for the delay in posting and stuff like that. It's just been f- fucking hectic summer. Like, trying to nail anybody down when there's, like... <laughs> if somebody's, like, hey, I'm going to go to Kenny's and watch, like, a movie that I don't really feel like watching, and then they get invited to the lake for a week, I do not blame them for being, like, I think I'm going to go to the lake. So... <laughs> Uh, but if anybody is interested in coming on the show and talking, feel free to, uh, you know, shoot me a message on uh, Instagram at Life with Kenny Pod or the Facebook Life with Kenny Podcast. Uh, there's also, I don't know if you know this, Kyle, but I actually recorded an episode by of yourself, the Story of You podcast recently. Um, this guy Sean Broom, he does a podcast called The Story of You. It's really interesting. He interviews um, people he doesn't know, just basically anybody he can get a hold of, because he thinks everybody has an interesting story. And he asked me if I'd be a guest, and I was on chapter one forty six. And uh, me and Sean talked about uh, in depth about a lot of stuff in my life, about how uh, important music was in my life and, uh, important like family and friends and stuff were to me growing up and me dealing with bullying, which, uh, I want to get this out of the way when I, when, when I was talking to Sean about this, uh, I, I was talking about like how badly I was bullied and, uh, 
Well, I may or may not have made it sound like I empathize with school shooters, but you can listen to that episode <laughs> and find out. Uh, I just want to say right now, I do not. <laughs> I think school shooters are fucking nuts, but... For the record, he's winking right now and doing, like, <laughs> finger guns. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> uh, also, he recently posted a two-minute story about my... It's called My Best Story. He does that for every episode as well. And this one is about uh, a friend of mine, Galen, who... Uh, disappeared while we were on a trip in Amsterdam together. And uh, I was very, very high for the first time. And uh, yeah, it wasn't a good experience. So if you want to listen to that, go check out the Story of You podcast. I'm hoping to have Sean Broom on as a guest where we're going to talk about some pretty wacky stuff and maybe watch some pretty shitty movies. Woohoo! And uh, yeah, um, I guess that's it for this episode. So until next week. All righty. Or get a life. Uh. <laughs> get a life. Mm.